0: This time I'll invite Pastor Bryce up and I'm going to pray for you Bryce before you start. Is that okay? Awesome. Let's pray together. Uh, Lord, we thank you for bringing Bryce to us this morning. Um, We thank you God uh, for all the ways that you've worked in his life um, to give him a passion uh, for your mission that you call us into, a passion for Jesus's mission that you invite us into. So we pray God today that you would fill him with your spirit Um, speak clearly through him, uh, and bless our time with him this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, thank you, Pastor Andrew. Um, I appreciate the invitation to to be here today. So this is a a great joy and a privilege. Uh, Pastor Andrew and I grew up in the thriving metropolis of Finchford, about three miles from each other, and attended the same church. I may or may not be a few years older than he is. Um, but it is a joy to reconnect with you, and, uh, and, and I just want to say thank you uh, for your faithfulness as a brother in Christ, and your wonderful family, and your wife, uh, and all that you've done to serve uh, in the kingdom. And what a privilege it is to have a, a dedicated leader, and what a privilege it is for you to be able to have such a community of faith. Uh, and so thank you on behalf of the Church of Jesus Christ, wherever it is and exists, for what you do here for how you are faithful to Jesus and his mission right here in your own community. Thank you. What you. The work that you do in representing Christ every day is important. It really is. It is absolutely critical. And, uh, and so I just wanna say thank you. Now, I, uh, as Pastor Andrew mentioned, I serve as the Director of Mission for LCMC Texas District, and, and the Texas District has been around since 2009. I've had the privilege of serving in that role full time since 2015, and it's been a fantastic opportunity to get to be an ambassador for the Great Commission of Jesus wherever it is I go. A part of the extension of the ministry of the Texas District was the creation of Harvest Workers, our online ministry training program, and guess what? You don't have to be in Texas to get equipped for harvest work. Now, we're not talking about farming. I know that's very familiar here to y'all in, in Iowa, uh, but, but we are talking about the, that the harvest is plentiful as our Lord Jesus Christ uh, promises, and the workers are few, and we need to equip workers for the harvest. And your own Pastor Andrew is one of our faculty. He teaches our worship class. And so I've got more information about our uh, ministry training program. It's extremely affordable, accessible. It's all delivered online. And we've got some of the best LCMC pastors from across our association uh, that are invested in teaching. So please see me a little bit later uh, in, in the lobby uh, to get more information about Harvest Workers. I'd like to start our message time here with a little show and tell. This is a picture of my son, Cole, on the left. That's when Cole was in the third grade, a student at Midkota Elementary School in Binford, North Dakota. Uh, Yeah, sure, you betcha, don't you know. And uh, this is the middle is uh, Mrs. Pam Adrian. I'm sure she's glad I grabbed that Picture off her Facebook page, but uh, from her summer vacation. But <laughs> she was his third grade teacher. And this is Cole on his last birthday, um, uh, so on his 19th birthday, which was last December. So he's going to be 20 here soon. But back when Cole was uh, in the third grade, he was a brand new student at Midkota Elementary School. We had moved to Glenfield, North Dakota and uh, to take a new call And, and, and you can imagine, this is a small school district. There were 92 people that lived in our town and there were 14 people that were in his class. That was the biggest class At Midkota Elementary School. And uh, the the superintendent said, I'm not sure what happened. It must have been an awfully cold winter that year. (laughs) Because that was a big class. But you can imagine all these other kids, they know each other. And so Mrs. Adrian, on the first day of class, said, Cole, can you introduce yourself? Can you tell us what brought you to Midkota? And so Mrs. Adrian told us this story later. She said, so he begins just very plainly, matter of fact says, Well, we moved here because God called my dad to be the pastor in Glenfield. Mrs. Adrian says, You should have seen the look on the faces of the other kids in the class God talks to your dad. What does it mean to be called? what does it mean to be called we use this word call to refer to pastors and i think appropriately so so but is it just for the clergy is it just for the characters of the bible that we read about that god talks to is it just for the super spiritual people that you know we know the ones that we're talking about they're always in the word and always in prayer and oh clearly god talks to them is it just for those folks Who is it that god speaks to and calls friends today i'd like to pause for a minute as we remember that we all have a calling from god to be disciples to be followers of jesus and answering god's call to discipleship is not particularly easy which is one of the important reasons why we need church we need community in our, our, our gospel lesson for today from Matthew chapter 4, we are reminded of when Jesus walked upon the lake shore, the Sea of Galilee, and he saw a couple of brothers, Simon and his brother Andrew. And then going a little further, he comes across James and his brother John, the sons of Zebedee, and he calls them to leave their fishing nets and to just simply follow him. And, and we learn from this story that God calls us to follow Jesus. And you say, wait a second, Bryce. In that story, Jesus just called Simon and Andrew and James and John. I didn't hear your name or mine, so how are you making that leap? Well, hear me out. If we pay attention to what Jesus' first disciples did, they did the, the, the things that Jesus did, right? They did good things. He sent them out To do ministry to heal the sick to care for the poor to tell people the good news but we also can't forget jesus final instructions in matthew chapter 28 just as jesus ascends into heaven he says all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is what we refer to as the Great Commission. And so you can see that the very same call of Jesus that he issued to those first disciples, he has commissioned them to go do it again, and again, and again. And we, you and me, are called by name by jesus through this legacy of disciples making disciples making disciples to follow jesus it's been passed down to you and to me so make no mistake about it you are called too for if you call jesus your lord and savior then he's calling on you too so god is talking to you the question is are you listening Are you listening? Are any of us listening? Friends, Healthy Churches, I believe, focus on this, that we are called to follow Jesus, to live as his disciples each and every day of our lives. And I believe that this can and should be one of the most important defining purposes of the church, of the local congregation, that you dedicate time and attention to helping and encouraging one another to answer God's call to discipleship. So what does that look like? How do you answer the call to discipleship? And how can we help one another to do so? Well, I'd like to talk about four steps of answering God's call to discipleship today. The first is to hear the call. you got to hear the call. Have you ever missed a phone call? I mean, like... You got a voicemail and a missed call, but it never rang. You know, thanks (laughs) AT&T. Well, the call to be a disciple of Jesus is definitely a call you don't want to miss. This is one of the reasons why your pastor's jobs are so important. Because Sunday after Sunday, they're popping up here to remind us all that we have a call. We have a purpose in our life that goes beyond the obvious and beyond what's right in front of us we have a call to be disciples of Jesus but you know what it's not just a role for pastors because God created the church to live in fellowship with one another so that we can encourage and remind one another and what if reminders of our calling to be disciples of Jesus became a part of our regular language with one another what if we had such intentional relationships As a part of our church fellowship, that we would be accountable to one another in a safe space. What if we could process our day-to-day life with our fellow believers in Jesus Christ to make sure that we're not missing out on those opportunities of day-to-day life that God has given us to step into what he is up to in the world. In the last chapter of of Finke's book, Joining Jesus on His Mission, uh, How to Be an Everyday Missionary, the book that you've been studying, great book by Greg Finke, He reminds us that our community is about getting a little help from our friends. It's about getting a little help from our friends so that we can make sure that we aren't missing out on our call. We all need it. We all need it. There is no shame in needing a little help from our friends. A couple of years ago, uh, inspired in part by this book and some other conversations that we were having in the LCMC, developed a, a, a resource for this sort of fellowship, this sort of group. And so I'd like the ushers to pass out those the handouts. We got that? All right. So uh, as the ushers are passing this out, this is called a missional accountability group guide, or a guide for missional accountability groups. And this is just a, an example of the kind of thing that I'm talking about that anybody can do. Literally anybody can do this with your friends, Right? and so as you look at the the page it gives you some ideas on what what this can can look like how you can do this encourage to have very very small groups of of what you would refer to as intimate christian fellowship where you gather for the purpose of being real with one another vulnerable with one another as you explore how god is active in your life with one another in christian fellowship in a safe place For the purpose of encouraging one another. Now some people might call these life together groups or discipleship triads if you want to do threes right? Whatever name you give it, it doesn't matter. As long as the purpose is there that we are creating a safe place for us to do life together and to encourage one another to step into what God is up to in and around our lives because i believe that if we are doing that we're not going to miss the call that's going to help us to hear the call i don't know if you've ever had this experience but I, i i have it all the time a lot of times things that that sometimes i i don't know about just in talking with somebody else i talk it out right i come to a realization that I didn't have just by myself and I think this is a common experience that when we create these spaces just by sharing something in an intentional space we can come to greater understanding and awareness so I commend that to you so I hope that you hear Jesus calling you just as he called Simon Peter and Andrew and James and John come Follow me, I will make you fish for people. So how do we, hear, or how do we answer the call to discipleship? First, we've got to hear it. Second, it involves surrender. It involves surrender. Discipleship means turning the keys of your life over to Jesus. It's a total Jesus-take-the-wheel sort of thing. But not just when life spins out of control. All the time. All the time. Think of Peter and the other disciples that day that Jesus first walked upon their beach. You know, they didn't have to follow Jesus that day, did they? They could have continued to go about their day-to-day business, to go about life their own way. But following Jesus meant surrender. And the gospel's clear, all of them are clear, that there is a cost to following Jesus. There's a cost to discipleship luke 14 we read jesus words here he says if anyone wants to come to me and does not hate his own father and mother wife and children brothers and sisters yes even his own life he cannot be my disciple whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple now it's important that we take jesus provocative words here i think in some context but I don't believe he literally wants us to hate the people that we are closest to in our day-to-day lives. Rather, I believe that he, is, he means that nothing should stand in our way. Nothing should stand in the way of our highest calling to be a disciple of Jesus. Not even our closest relationships or the love of our own life. A disciple is called to be willing to set all of that aside to follow after Jesus and for Jesus initial disciples they indeed walked away from their entire lives as they knew them to follow Jesus Peter Andrew James and John they left their fishing boats they left their nets they left their family business they left even their family behind to follow after Jesus now that is surrender that is surrender I don't know about you, but as I look at the church today, I don't think that many Christians look at the call of discipleship with that kind of surrender in mind. Rather, I think oftentimes we treat um, our faith walk like it's a spiritual buffet. (laughs) You know, a buffet. You take the things you have an appetite for and look good to you and are appealing, and you leave behind the stuff that's not... Right? So you can imagine, I'll take some encouragement, forgiveness, community, and fellowship. Oh, I want the blessing of God on my life. Singing the songs that I like. <laughs> Maybe a little Bible study and prayer every now and again. Just, you know, sprinkled in when I'm really hungry. But I don't really want to pray every day or serve Or evangelize, or teach Sunday school, heaven forbid, teach Sunday school. (laughs) You know, that forgiving or loving my enemies part, I'd really rather not. I like holding on to my grudges, we might say. Or a whole host of other things that Jesus would call us to that seem like the spiritual equivalent of cauliflower and Brussels sprouts. (laughs) We'd rather leave them behind. But being Jesus' disciple really isn't like that. We can't insist on following Jesus our own way. Following Jesus means letting go and letting God chart our course. So all of Jesus, none of me, we are called to surrender. Now as a church, it's critical, I believe, to develop a culture of surrender that isn't, though, grounded in some guilt or shame but on Jesus' invitation to follow him. Here again, this book, Joining Jesus on His Mission, is so good at expressing this, that this is a clear invitation of Jesus. It's a privilege to get to serve. It's a privilege to get to serve him. And again, our missional accountability groups, I believe, can help foster and develop a culture of encouragement to surrender our own agendas and to get onto God's agenda and to be a part of his kingdom building activity in the world around us. Remember, in the book, Greg Finke talks about the, that Jesus, that God is up to something, right? We believe that, we pray, it. we pray for it every week. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, guess what? God is up to something right here in your community. And the invitation of Jesus is to get into what God is up to right in your backyard but that isn't a oh you have to do this in order to be loved by God or you have to do this in order to be saved by him or forgiven of your sins no 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 God's grace is 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 a free gift you cannot earn it there is nothing you can do to earn his love or favor God God cannot possibly love you more than he does right now as Paul writes even when in my sin, right, Christ died for us. When we were still sinners, well, we were still sinners. Christ died for you, for me. That's the witness of scripture. So this isn't about your salvation. This is about living the fullness and living into the fullness of life that Christ calls you to. And again, that's the point of Christian community. We need a little help from our friends. So to answer God's call to discipleship, first, got to hear the call. Second, you need to surrender. Third, we are called to walk by faith. Called to walk by faith. Discipleship means leaving the known for the unknown. When Jesus walked upon that beach, um, he called Simon and Andrew, James and John, and he said, simply, come, follow me. Now, I don't know about you, but it, it would think to me, it seems to me, that it would be logical for them to ask Jesus a question. Where are you going? Anybody else want to ask that question? Right? Where are you going? I mean, that would make sense. I mean, they had no idea what Jesus would be up to. Comparatively speaking, we have some idea of the kinds of things that Jesus is up to. We know what he's getting us into a little bit, right? He's getting us into Jesus-like things, but for our community here and now. And so we have that idea. They didn't even have that privilege to know. But there's still plenty of unknown about the particular circumstances of how or how God is going to use us. Back in 1992, I was a sophomore at Waverly Shell Rock High School, and I wrote a paper for careers class, and the paper topic was simple. There was no right or wrong answer. It was simply this. Where will you be in 20 years? Imagine it's 2012, what is your life like? What job are you doing? Describe your family, Uh, describe your hobbies, where do you live, all those sorts of things. And then, what was the journey you took to get there? Now, quite frankly, I I don't remember much of what I wrote. But I surely remember what I didn't write, pretty much everything that happened, right? (laughs) You know, I, I went to Warper College and my life took a left turn. God got a hold of me and, and, and I realized that he was calling me into ministry. And, I, and, and at some level, I stopped trying to chart my own path so much and was more attentive to God's call on my life. And I never could have possibly imagined all of the twists and the turns that journey had taken, all that God had in store for me. Now, I, I say that not to say that my life's been great awesome uh uh, uh, or just perfect in any sort of way because it's not i'm not perfect my life isn't perfect far from it right i'm a sinner in need of god's redemption and my sins are ever before me and i beg for jesus forgiveness in so many ways and life has been hard there's been a lot of hard things a lot of humility-building experiences, right? And it's been tough at times, many, many times. So I constantly live in the same struggle with the tension between living my life for myself and my dreams and my wants and desires and God's wants and desires for me and for his mission, for his kingdom call. So if you think that your life needs to be perfect in order to answer God's call, think again. Think again. You know what you need? A heartbeat. A heartbeat. Really. If there's anything in you that says that this isn't for you, but it's for someone else, throw that thinking out, because that's not of God, it's from the enemy, the liar, the deceiver, who gets you to think that way. Right? Because God is calling you Make no mistake, no one is qualified by our own knowledge, our own experience, or our own righteousness. Because we all sin, and we all fall short of the glory of God, and we all have our faults and our failures and our shortcomings. And if you wait until you're good enough, or you know enough, or experienced enough, you're never going to do anything. But God wants you right where he's got you. And he doesn't make any mistakes. You're not a mistake. So if there's anything in you that says, but pastor, you don't don't know what I've done. God does. He knows it all. And he says, I love you, I forgive you, and I'm calling you to live your best life. So throw all of that disqualification stuff out the window because God is with you. He calls you to walk by faith, not by sight. and He will never leave or forsake you, even when you stumble and you fall. So once again, here the missional accountability groups can help bring discernment to our call, to our present set of circumstances. When we are vulnerable enough to humbly bring our life struggles, our purpose, our calling into these groups, into the kind of close fellowship of believers that I'm suggesting here. I believe that God will speak through his holy word, and through the fellowship of believers to help you discern exactly what it is that God is calling you to. And that group will help encourage you to have the boldness and the courage to step into what God is up to in your life. And even when you feel unqualified or disqualified, you'll be reminded of God's goodness, that every bit of your qualification comes from him, not from anything you have done or said. So answering God's call to discipleship means taking a walk into the unknown, walk by faith, not by sight. The final step to answering God's call to discipleship uh, is to invite others, it's to invite others. By its very nature, discipleship involves inviting people, sharing the good news with others. Each one of us is called to share the invitation to follow Jesus with other people. Remember, in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus' final instructions, go make disciples. Go make disciples. Go tell other people about the good news and God's plan for salvation and God's invitation to join in this this kingdom work. Jesus was clear. And he's clear with you and me still today. How will anyone know if we don't tell them? Paul writes in Romans chapter 10, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? By the way, preacher does not mean pastor. Preacher means one who proclaims the good news, which should be all of us. How can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. What is the church about if it isn't about inviting people on this shared journey of following Jesus? Friends, I have no idea what particularly God has in mind for you. But I know he's got something. I know he has something. He is calling you to follow him. He is inviting you into what he is up to in the world that is right around you. And it is my prayer that you may hear that call to discipleship surrender your life to that call walking by faith trusting in jesus every step of the way and inviting others to join with you in this shared journey of following jesus too and it's also my prayer that this congregation can be known for how it spurs one another on to this high and holy calling as the writer of hebrews exhorts in chapter 10 verses 24 and 25 and let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. May this church be known for being a people who are regularly encouraging one another and lovingly hold one another accountable for the shared journey of following Jesus. Amen.